Good morning, Mike. How are you today, man? Good morning, Matthew. Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. As always, you're always a welcome guest, man. Appreciate you greatly for coming on today. Hopefully we can answer some questions or give some people some information they're looking for. Um, the merger rumors or official rumors, I guess now. Right. Yeah. You know, we get, this is such a secretive process. I think it's, I find it, I find it so amazing how, um, They've done, you know, the only people that know the real de details behind this merger is like Russ Brandon, Jerry Carnell, Kevin LaForce, Eric Shanks, Moose Johnson. There's only a select few uh, members or people up the ladder on both sides that know the full details. And then you've got coaches, players, GMs, personnel people reaching out to people like me to ask if I know anything about it. They're in the dark. I, I find it fascinating. I just got a message a few seconds ago before I hopped on with you someone who's in on the usfl side of things asking me if i've heard anything new so it's been that kind of thing constant phone tag messaging emails all that where people are still trying to get a handle on what's about to go down maybe so we'll see we'll see how that goes yeah i mean just the actual we got the rumor the rumor was official what three days ago four days ago now Yes. We were waiting for a good probably week and a half for that that official statement. And we finally got it from owners, uh, individuals, just people in the league. So I'm glad that acknowledgement finally came so we didn't all look like we were crazy. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's you know, it's crazy about the whole thing. You know, the last run I did when this first came out uh, about them in talks, merger, close, eminent, as like some outlets reported, um, I kind of like. You know, I got a little bit of trouble because I had some sources within both leagues that gave me information and I relayed it. I didn't say it was concrete or anything like that. But uh, the people who gave me that information were upset that I didn't confirm it, report it as 100 percent accurate. Because, like I said, like I mentioned in the out uh, the open here, um, the only people that know the real full details are Russ Brandon, Jerry Cardinal, Kevin LaForce, Danny Garcia, Dwayne Johnson, Eric Shanks, uh, a few select people on the Fox side of things, lawyers. Um, because in order for this merger to go down, um, they had to submit paperwork basically to get regulatory approval, which is kind of fascinating with this whole thing, Matthew, because I think everyone's seeing this merger as a foregone conclusion. People are trying to figure out whether or not it'll be a 2024 thing or a 2025 thing because of the time frame, calendar, short amount of time to set everything up. But I think people are a little too dismissive of the possibility that this might not go down. So, yeah. You know, in in the press releases by both the USFL and the XFL, there was cautionary statements in there. And the question was like the cautionary statements were like, this is pending approval. Now, I've talked to people on the sports business side, you know, trying to figure out, OK, how will this go through? Is this going to be just a formality or is there could there be some hiccups along the way here? And I know a lot of conspiracy theorists out there talking about government shutdowns and all this kind of stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that being a potential hurdle. But. I think there are some hurdles here. I think there is the potential of this not being approved. I know there's the people I've spoken to in the sports business field. And trust me, like this is not my wheelhouse. There are a lot of things in life that are not my wheelhouse. Uh, law, lawyer stuff, legal stuff. That's not my wheelhouse. Um, but I've been reaching out to experts in the field to try to get a better understanding of things. And there are some people that have told me that this could take 30 to 60 days, which I know 
Um, there are a lot of people out there don't want to wait two months for, <laughs> for to find out what the next step is here. And so I got a little bit of trouble because I got information from people on the USFL side and XFL side who, you know, told me in the beginning, fewer teams, uh, likely hubs. And um, and so and potentially a new league name that kind of encompasses is kind of the umbrella above these um in the meantime and in between time you've got a lot of fans right now that are giving their opinions on this and so yeah there's potential for back there's potential for backlash here the hurdles is eliminating hundreds of jobs yep, so yep. In, in this potential merger so i think both leagues have carefully come out and said hey we're ready to do 2024 um on our own and they both came come out and said this might not because if you read the wording right it's like pending this pending this just in case it doesn't go down so the usfl has to operate with you know they don't get started till april on the field they have to operate under the assumption that you know we're just going to be the same 18 league we're going to do what we do the xfl has to do the same thing so that's why they've, they've countless showcases they got three more coming up on the 7th 21st 22nd um their draft, they never, even though during their documentary, uh, Mark Lillibridge came out and talked about an October 4th draft, that was never set, it was never publicly announced by the XFL. And yep, so yep. if they're, if they're going to have a draft for their own league, it'll be in November, likely. You know, there's supplemental Understood. drafts to follow. As well. Yeah, there's supplemental drafts to follow as well. But here's the like kicker to this whole thing. If you're doing the XFL in 2024 – and these teams are going to be in one league, then you're going to have to reshape how your draft uh, takes place. You know, like when, it, you know, are the Stallions in the same draft as the Defenders, that kind of thing. So <clears throat> both leagues are business as usual. It's been like that the whole offseason. The XFL had a bunch of rights claims on players, the Tavon Austins, all that. Guys are coming back. They're guys in the NFL right now. The XFL had, I believe now it's up to 68 players that were signed by NFL teams. The USFL had 41. There are a lot of people behind the scenes that hope that the calendar stays in February because players feel like they have a better chance to go to the NFL if they're in that situation. And I think uh, Neil Stratton had an article with former NFL uh, personnel person um, who said that the preference is for these leagues to finish up in May rather than July. And then I think we saw this year um, with the XFL having uh, more signings, uh, 27 more, um, that uh, that timeline works out for players to get an opportunity to at least sign and get a chance to get in camps and all that. So how this all lands is fascinating, and the digging continues. At, at some point, we could get information. This could leak. Um, maybe uh, on the lawyer side, somebody up the ladder lets it slip out. Maybe, you know, Zucker, one of these people, talks to axios or something and gives and says here you go here's some of the details we're going to be running with if this is approved they can't really the, everyone in these leagues in the xfl and the usfl are, are like the people that are gms directors of player personnel all those guys they um they're on a need to know basis so you can't really tell you can't tell people like russ brandon had a letter that he sent out to staff members and football op ops people and all that where it's like for now your contracts are good kind of basically the I'm translating Understood. because if all of a sudden there's no vegas there's no uh there's a couple of other teams maybe there's uh only six xfl teams part of this merger and you're talking about a lot of jobs a lot of people that are not going to be paid by the league anymore so you got to figure that all out 
Then there's the hiccup of one side having a CBA and the other side not. How do you work that in a merged league? How do you figure that part of it out? So, um, so that's uh, that's kind of that's kind of the story there. So there's a lot of right right now. It's not the answers people want to hear because For people sure. want to hear like, okay, cool. You announced your intent to merge. You can't announce yet that you are merging, and you can't give details of it because what if this gets shot down or uh, it doesn't pass regulatory approval? So um, <clears throat> it's kind of it's kind of everybody is in limbo here. The players. Coaches, personnel—they're unsure. I know USFL is having free agency. It's kind of an interesting agency because it's like all the player, with the exception of a few guys, like a Mark Thompson or here or there. It's all the players that the USFL teams don't want to re-sign for a third year, and they're available. So, like, if you have a bunch of guys, the stars said, "Hey, we had you for two years. We're not interested in you anymore," and that's what's going on. Those eight USFL teams have a bunch of guys that they're not really clamoring to bring back. So I'll just put those guys in a pool and see if any of the other teams are interested in them. So the league's allowing those guys to have that opportunity. It, it, you, you will know something is up if all of a sudden one of those or two of those or three of those free agents just happen to sign with an XFL team. Yeah. Um, you know, that you can't rule it out if they're out of their contract. So um, that's just something uh, that, you know, I if because a lot of these players that are in this pool are players that were original two-year USFL deals. And um, they had their option picked up for a second year, and those expired. So a lot of the re-signings that you see in the USFL are the guys that didn't get an opportunity in the NFL, that didn't latch on anywhere else. There were guys that at the end of the USFL in year one that jumped ship to the XFL, good number of players, a lot of them, dozens. Um, and there's some guys that ended up back in the USFL in year two, like Scooby Wright, who tried to get into the XFL in 2023 but couldn't. So they, they, for whatever reason, uh, Scooby's a very good player. But uh, for whatever reason, the teams weren't interested in him. So he ended up going back to the USFL in uh, 2023. So we'll see how this all shakes out if they, these two leagues are now one league when the smoke settles. Understood. Now, let me ask you this. On, in terms of the official you know, business as usual, I mean, I've seen a lot of ex, uh, USFL transactions. I see a lot of people getting picked up, dropped, whatever. XFL, it seems like I think the last official transaction, let me see, I've got it right here, was we had two releases in late September, but the last actual rights acquired was the 5th of September. Um, is that is that a sign to be worried at all that, you know, the XFL is not doing any kind of transactions or moving of, of rights or anything? And it, it, plus, I mean, a lot of people honed into that doc and we covered it on the show of course because i mean it was getting blew up online <clears throat> that october 4th draft we never heard officially about it but everyone was saying it was happening you know that that got canceled or, or moved so i mean that moved it, it, makes it was, sense. and it was never determined you know there was, exactly. there was talk of having but the xfl never once went on their website or said hey get ready october 4th big draft and that's the thing the draft right because once the xfl season ended we've actually had trades during, it's crazy because the season ended in may we actually had a couple of trades after the season ended we had a bunch of transactions or uh, players rights being picked up claimed yep. you know the tavon austin's kind of guys um Chris Odom, a guy who's claimed by the Orlando Guardians. We'll see if he chooses to play in the USFL or the XFL. That's kind of an interesting thing. If they're the same league, they're the same league. But the Orlando Guardians claimed his rights. Um, was recently with the Browns, USFL Defensive Player of the Year with the uh, Houston Gamblers. There's After the XFL season ended, there was all the right stuff, the rookie yep. draft. 
there was trades, player trades between teams. There were players that were released and picked up and all that. And then things kind of got quiet there because the initial the initial idea for the league and the lifeblood of the league is really the XFL drafts that are coming up because that's why you had the combine. That's why you have the multiple showcases. I'm losing track now. There's three more that have been added. The last, the last one is a specialist showcase, which was the same thing they did last year. That's yep. where you get the Daniel Whalen types who are in the NFL now um, for the Packers. So uh, that came right out of Nick Novak's showcase. So <clears throat> the big lifeblood of the XFL, they did a rookie draft, the big lifeblood, and then we saw some familiar names that were taken in the USFL's rookie draft um, uh, ending up on the XFL side. But the big lifeblood of the NFL 2024 and beyond is their draft, their draft that consists of NFL cuts. And so the guys who were cut in training camp well, at the end of the preseason, mind you. So that's where their next pool of players comes from. It's similar to what happened last year, you know, the Abram Smiths and all that. And the supplemental drafts are kind of like those players on the fence that are still waiting for an NFL opportunity that don't get it in October, November, and December that decide, uh, okay, I'll give the XFL a shot because I didn't get a call on a practice squad. I didn't get an opportunity. Also, what the XFL did last year is they added a lot of players right before and during training camp that were players that ended the season on NFL teams on practice squads. So you had the Farrad Gardners and the Liam Ryans, and I think it was over two dozen guys that finished the season on NFL rosters that ended up, hey, let me go play in the XFL, and they ended up going right back to the NFL. So, um, so I think that's a big part of it. Um, there's no rush with it, but it does like make you wonder, um, do these two leagues plan on doing a draft together? Cause the USFL exactly. had to do, yeah, the USFL had to do a, a large draft to start things off back in 2022. You know, you get to the point where you got to draft 70 players. They borrow the XFL model, the, the position drafts, all that. That's what the XFL did. Um, back in 2020, they had position drafts. So assignments, quarterback assignments, all this. Um, so I, I think you have to figure out if there is a merged and it's hard for me to believe I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that there's going to be an on-field merger in 2024. But I think that's what the general public wants. Like when you make an announcement and intent to merge, they don't want to hear, hey, we're just going to plug each other's games for a while and we'll see you in a year. They want it, you to get on the field. So I the devil, you know, Greg Parks, tremendous writer in this space. Um, Pat Rafino, another great guy in this space who didn't wasn't able to join us today. Uh, yeah, but Greg, Greg wrote a great article about the devil in the details. And that's where we are. The, the fan in me, because you can see I got my Jets hat on. So I'm a lifelong Jets fan. I don't have any allegiance to these leagues. I'm not I'm not you know, this is no disrespect to anybody who's working in these leagues. I love the fact that these leagues exist, but I don't have any fandom of these teams. I grew up a generals fan. But, you know, until they get in the tri-state area, it's hard. I don't feel attached to them. And, and I love a lot of those players, Mike Riley, Darius Victor. A lot of guys on that team, Shalom Lawani. A lot of these guys I have a lot of respect for, but I don't have a real fandom for these leagues. I don't have like a team that I root for. So I'm, I'm actually, I root for the whole leagues. I root for them. That's, they're that's like, they're, yeah. You know, you're you're so, you're like a lot of people, man. Seriously, I mean that, yeah. that's a lot of us. I mean, I'm not hiding. I'm not hiding my Jets fandom. It's I've been since I was five years old. Been Jets, Jets, <laughs> Especially after last own. night. Huh? <laughs> oh my goodness! So hey, they could lose. They could lose for a million years in a row. I'm still going to root for them. Um, so that's kind of the story. They had a good showing. We're not going to get into all that. Nobody wants to hear yeah. about the New York Jets. It was good. Frank, I enjoyed it. Frank Starr. Yeah, it was a good game. Frank Starator, horrible officiating. So anyway, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, so on that holding call. Hey, listen, if you're going to call the holding call, throw the flag immediately. 
Oh yeah, not God. after the play. Not not do it and wait. Oops, it's an interception. Okay, now I'll throw it. You know, that's yeah. no, no, no. That makes you look, you know, for all the people who work on the NFL's rigged and all this kind of stuff, it looks a little shady. But anyhow, beyond that, um, devil in the details, right? So back to that. So the devil's in the details. As a fan, as a fan of this concept, someone who's followed so many of these leagues over the years, um, I'm excited about the possibility of merger, but I'm all for it. You got my vote, but I know the details are, are key here. I know there's yep. some people out there that are saying, Hey, listen, if it's hubs, right? If it's six hubs, seven hubs, just going to have to accept it. You're just going to have to eat it. Right. It's better that than no league at all. I agree. You know, that's like an analogy. Of, Would you rather never eat or eat something? So, okay. I'll take the eat something. But in a perfect world, in my opinion, there's some, you know, like I said, devil in the details. You don't want to jump the gun on this stuff. That Neil Stratton and all these people got information about hubs. Um, I like I told, like I released information about fewer teams and all that, and the potential new league name. We saw the trademark there for National Spring Football League. We'll see where that goes. Or heads. One side had to. Uh, it doesn't matter who did it. One side had to. Um, but that could be a telltale sign, a hint of things. But the devil's going to be in the details. How many teams survive? What cities come back? The hub, I am not, I get it. It's a necessary evil. The, the reason why we're in this spot, I think, what well, reason why both sides, because Redbird can knock on USFL's door and they can say, listen, get the hell out of here, bro. Uh, we like what we're doing. I'm sorry to hear you guys are having some issues or whatever. And they could easily just hang up and not show interest. But the reason why the USFL is showing interest is because they're in the same boat here. Both of these leagues have have financial models to survive. I know people who look at the XFL think, oh, my God, they lost $60 million. When you talk to people within the industry, they go only $60 million. So um, they think it's a lie, the $60 million, because that's nothing for a startup company. And these football leagues, they cost two, $300 million to operate. The XFL and USFL, I know the USFL's cost was $125 million for year uh, for 2022. And the XFL, both these, mind you, both these leagues went and hired um, investment firms to raise capital. This is documented. The USFL is trying to raise anywhere from 150 to 200 million. The XFL was looking to raise 125 million for. I mean, this is what they do. The capital part is raising capital. So the XFL is looking to raise 125 million dollars just to operate the 2020. Excuse me, the 2023 season. So. Um, that people don't realize how expensive these leagues are. So both these leagues have figured out a way to um, be fiscally responsible. Like the XFL has a hub. They tra they trap they put teams together to travel together. They save money through uh, uh, travel with their arrangements in Texas, tax breaks, everything else. And US, the USFL obviously has figured out a way to save money. They they're very bare bones when it comes to promotional efforts and all that. So both these leagues are at this table and looking to merge together because they're in familiar and similar positions. They're not making a lot of money. They're not hitting revenue markers that they want to. You look at the revenue markers like beyond everything, right? You look at the USFL, the XFL. You think about, okay, advertisers, sponsorships maybe. But you talk about merchandise, ticket sales. You look at the USFL, it's embarrassing. They their ticket sales are embarrassing. It's it's awful. They make no money whatsoever. And it's not through they they've priced tickets at a very low family friendly, just trying desperately, desperately to get people to come to their games to show up and they can't do it. They've been around for two years and they can't get fans to show up. 
You know, it's a small selection of fans. You got games where you it's in the hundreds. I don't even release the numbers because it's so it's I don't want to make these leagues look bad. I had official attendance figures 138 paid. Um, I don't I'm not going there. That's not good. So I'm not going. And they're disappointed about it. And they came out themselves and said they were disappointed about it. Even disappointed in attendance like Birmingham. They've been there for two years and they can't engender that or get that market to 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 embrace them fully. You know, you would think by now that that market would embrace them. You know, and show up to the games, not have it get free spatulas to get in, uh, buy one ticket, get four free. You know, so um, you know they're, they're so that's basically the that's basically the case with these these two leagues are in position that one side didn't close the door in the face of the other side, say, oh yeah, well I'm sorry, we're not interested, because they're both in similar positions. They both also see they want to thrive. So Redbird is used to, they're all about partnerships. You know, I'm, they manage assets. I don't know, $8 billion or whatever it is. They're all about partnerships. They partner with the Yankees. They partner with the NFL, Dallas Cowboys, Major League Baseball, Liverpool, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Their whole history is about partnerships. So I'm not surprised they try to get a strike up a partnership with the CFL and they're trying to strike up a partnership with the USFL. That's their MO. And I think Kevin LaForce, the, the people that are in charge over there at Redbird, Jerry Cardinal, obviously, they see the potential here of the two merged leagues joining forces and it being greater uh, than what they currently have individually separately. The XFL is financially prepared to have a 2024, 2025, 2026 season. Redbird is in this. They have the funding. They have all that. They Redbird is in this to win. They want to hit a grand slam. They're not interested in just getting on base. Fox is disappointed. You, year two was a disappointment for them. Their ratings went down. Their, their, they had still had major issues with attendance. Their TV product, it's clean. It looks good. I love Joe Klatt. Loved, loved their broadcast. But because you have no game atmosphere with no fans in attendance, you, when you, because you have home teams that don't play in their markets, you don't have the natural home and road thing, their TV product hurts. Fit, piped in fake crowd noise. The TV product hurts. They had an inferior... TV product because no fans, no game atmosphere. It doesn't feel like a fully fledged natural football league because, you know, it's like you got, you got the Houston gamblers that have never played in Houston. So it's like, so it's like, uh, you know, they're, they're on the road every game. So it's, it's, it's kind of like this. So both the leagues, I know we're fans of these leagues. We're advocates for these leagues. We want to see them succeed. We're happy they exist. There's so many, there's thousands of people getting jobs because of this. This is awesome. Um, and but I think in order for them to thrive, the merger is the best bet. But the devil's going to be in the details. I think if DC is not included, if Audi Field is not included in this mix, I understand rent's high there, but that team sold out games. That team had legitimate revenue there. That is one of your best markets in all of spring football right now in the United States. DC and St. Louis are the two best markets. So um, in terms of fan engagement and, you know, obviously at the gate. So if you're eliminating Audi Field from this mix, penny wise, pound foolish. Um, so like all of a sudden you think the beer snake and all that's going to mean something to D.C. fans. I understand the D.C. fans traveled to San Antonio for the championship game. That was awesome. Their team was in the game. Right. So they would do that in a neutral site. But if you're going to put D.C. with St. Louis the whole time, I mean. St. Louis fans will show up to watch their Battle Hawks, but you're going to lose. You're going to lose fans if you do that. You're going to alienate fans. You're not going to alienate Vipers fans. Unfortunately, there weren't enough of them. Uh, the Vegas thing was a disaster. 
you might alienate some Houston fans if you all of a sudden abandon the Roughnecks. And the term I keep hearing behind the scenes, and this is what we might see in the PR stuff, if these if this merger goes through, uh, the term I keep hearing is that um, they're going to say these teams are on pause. Uh, Vipers are on pause. The Roughnecks are on pause. Whomever on the USFL side is on pause. Breakers or whomever. Um you're going to hear that pause thing, and it was used for the Tampa Bay Bandits, who were also on pause, rather than we're abandoning. They might the verbiage might be something like, "Hey, we're doing this for the greater good, for the long term, and in the future we'll be looking to bring back X, Y, and Z." And so, don't worry, Roughnecks fans, we'll be back. Don't worry, Vipers fans, we'll be back. Um, so that's where we sit with all this. So I think, that, like I said. Devil's in the details. Once we, once we, once they think they pass regulatory approval, and then they then can go ahead and let us know what their setup's going to be 2024, 2025. And so until then, uh, we're just a lot of people, people within the leagues are out there speculating on what's going to come next. I've heard every different thing. Some people within the league, I heard, I spoke to one GM who thinks that it's better, you'll have a better football league. If there's fewer teams, you'll have better spring pro football if there's fewer teams. Um, they think it's diluted a little bit because you got 16 teams. So that's not what people want to hear, trust me. But um, I get that mindset too. If you only got 10 teams or 12 teams or 14 teams in this space, each roster will and could theoretically improve. All right, let's go to the questions. I got some questions for you if that's cool. Yeah, I see some comments too. Let's just go ahead and roll into the comments and I'll, I'll go into my spills of what, what I got. So we had, da, 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 I see XFL Mike G. That was the last combo, though. Uh, Brett, let's see. So let's go to this one. He said, Mike, are you saying DC won't have a hub? That's the early word. I think it's ridiculous. You know, I didn't, I've heard it from people. I've heard it from sources on both sides that DC, if there'll be six or seven hubs and that DC would not be included in it, which to me, is foolish i think i uh i think the term i used on twitter i'm not much of a tweeting guy i was supremely stupid so i i i don't know that for 100 percent. that's why sometimes i'm hoping some of this fan stuff and that they'll, they'll, these people will actually listen i know that there's paperwork that's already been filed and i don't know how much of that legal work has all the juicy details mm. but there might be some of it but it might be some of it though because into because the, when you're talking about in this space the, the potential elimination of jobs, that's something to consider in an approval process. Are you hurting the market by merging together? Are you hurting employment and all that? So I haven't person. Nobody's come to me and said for a hundred percent, Mike, DC is not going to be a part of this. But the hub sites I have heard, and Neil Stratton reported it um, as well you know the birmingham's memphis arlington obviously the xfl has a sweet deal with arlington um they got a lot of tax breaks they got a cool hub setup they save a lot of money they're traveling <clears throat> using arlington as the point where they start traveling from there's a lot of like a big reason why they're there <clears throat> so um i haven't heard audie field as being part of uh any potential six or seven hubs i really hope that they are at this point, but is it possible that they're not? Yes. Understood. Is it possible that we, we don't see Audi Field? I think that's just ridiculous. It's really stupid. 
it's really stupid. Like, mind you, again, like some of the decisions by the leadership on both sides has been I've been very critical of. Like they went into the DC market, they purchased the and they and it seemed like they weren't aware that the beer snake was a thing. <laughs> um, like a week one, like oh wait a minute, you know. So, so like they should have known prior to even good morning. Oh, hold on, Mike. We lost you for a second. Can you hear us? Real like that. So if Can you hear me, Mike, 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 you cut out. Uh, I guess you can. Oh, I sent him a message. Mike, can you hear me? You're cutting out, man. Let's see if we can get it addressed. Mm-hmm. I see you. You just you're you were just cutting in and out real bad in terms of voice. Oh, see, look now I'm doing it. Weird. It must be StreamYard, man, because it's doing it to me as well. Uh, All right, maybe go we'll soon. Okay, hopefully this now works. I hear so, you. Um, yep. Okay. Yeah. So, so just repeat what you said if you don't mind, because it was all kind of sure, sure, sure. Uh, Audi Field should be a part of the XFL. I'm not a fan of the hubs. I understand them from an economic standpoint. I think they hurt your league more than help them. Um, uh, if Audi Field is not a part of this merged league, it's a foolish move. Um, both sides from a leadership standpoint have made questionable moves um the last two years i understand the financial aspect of it but um you know not you know being in canton and not having a team named ohio stupid um not knowing that the beer snake existed um before you started the 2023 season uh the rock kind of admitted that they didn't realize like i when you when they bought the league in 2020 you got to do research um about the product you have and have an understanding of it and so um it would not shock me if audi field's not one of the places because there may be venue issues with mls uh, into uh upkeep of that field to accommodate dc united all that would not shock me it's really it's probably one of the best venues for spring football um, anybody who's been there, not just how crazy and wild the fans are, but the way the field is constructed, the way the stands are constructed, it feels like you're on top of the field. That's what I've heard. Um, yeah, so it's a very, it's a great viewing experience. It looks amazing on television. So it's to eliminate, to get rid of one of your best aspects. That's why the devil in the details part of this. You know, it's like, okay, I'm all for a merger. It sounds like so much fun. But if you're eliminating the USFL brand or the XFL brand, stupid, in my opinion. Yeah, if you're yeah. eliminating certain places, I can so I can somewhat live with a hub for the time being. But that's what USFL fans have been doing for the last two years, waiting for the stars to play in their market, waiting for the generals to play in their market. Here we are headed into year three. Um, any day now. I agree. Now, I got another question from Brett before we move on. And I figured this was going to rile some people up, to be honest with you. What's the six hubs you're hearing? Who, who and where? Birmingham, Arlington, Memphis, um, St. Louis, um, Houston. 
And I'm, one's escaping me at the moment. I think I just went through five. Um, I don't have them written down near me. I wish I did. But there's one more. I'm, uh, it's escaping me at the moment. Um, it's not DC. Let me see. I hate doing this during the middle of a, a damn show. <laughs> You're good, man. Um, I, I, I apologize for this because I do have this in my notes. You know, and I just haven't seen, I haven't seen uh, DC yet mentioned. It just seems very foolish to me. But I, I, like I said, honestly, considering some of the decisions they made, like going into Vegas. Um, Brett said Canton. Is that yeah, one? Detroit, Canton, St. Louis, Arlington, Memphis, and Birmingham. And then uh, it's not positive that's been decided, but I heard those were good bets. So that's from one source. Um that would leave out some interesting spots there. We're talking about, you know, I guess, I suppose, if you do it this way, I suppose you could have theoretically here, based on those names I just gave you, those cities I just gave you, you could theoretically have a hub with four teams if you wanted. Still keep 16 teams if everybody's in Texas. If you're doing an Arlington, San Antonio, double Houston shot, all, all those teams in Arlington, if that's in Texas. I mean, so I, I suppose you could do that. Um Ford Field, there could be a little bit of a rent issue. The USFL, I know, has a, a one more year on their Birmingham deal. Um, so that's kind of the story there. Canton's such a great site. It's such a, a tremendous choice. That setting is terrific. It's perfect for spring pro football. I love it. Uh, just have a team called Ohio play in there if you're going to be there. St. Louis, I totally understand. This assumption, though, that all of a sudden, this didn't happen for other hubs. This assumption, though, that all of a sudden, Detroit fans who barely showed up for the Michigan Panthers are all of a sudden going to clamor for uh, the stars or whomever. Or oh, this assumption that St. Louis, which is an unbelievable market, they're awesome, that Battle Hawks fans are going to show up for a, uh, a D.C. Gamblers game or something. Um, uh, why? So, I mean, um, you know, so it's kind, of, it's kind of the story there. So I get it. Hubs might be a, nece a necessary evil. I can live with a hub in Houston where it's like the gamblers and roughnecks playing together at Rice. That makes sense to me. Right? That'd be that's awesome. Cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, you notice those names I mentioned, Alamo Dome could be out of it. Alamo Dome's another nice setting. I thought they had, Super you nice. know, yeah, I thought, you know, unfortunately, I don't think San Antonio and Orlando did as well as they did in the AAF. And so... That's marketing, promotion, product awareness, um, team quality, all those things factored in, obviously. Um, those should have been better. They should have done better. Orlando, um, that's Danny Garcia's home. You'd figure, you know, good weather during that February, March period. You'd figure at least somewhat uh, better than, I guess, Northeast stuff. Much so better. Yeah. yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so you'd figure that's an ideal location for it. So. We'll see how this is handled. I mean, that's what people – I don't have it 100% confirmed that they're going to be strictly in hubs. But it does sound very – ooh, this might get me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> very foxish. Um, you know, and, and Redbird too because Redbird has been cutting corners too. It's kind of fascinating that Redbird has decided to, um, at this point – have assistant coaches be us um, seasonal employees. Now that's not the case for their coordinators and the head coaches. The head coaches all have two-year deals. The uh, offensive and defensive coordinators have two-year deals in the XFL. Understood. So that's being honored. But a lot of these assistant coaches have been told they're going to be let go and then brought back when training camp. That's so, tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. So, but that's what the USFL does. They pay you when you're on the job. They don't pay you when you're not on the job. You show up for work, you punch in. Good, cool. We'll pay you. That's a way of saving money. So that's why, you know, when the, when that report came out about the assistants, 
um, the a lot of the wording in there was, hey, this is very <clears throat> USFL like because um, this is what they do with their assistants. And then lo and behold, we got a merger. So I think they'll be might be borrowing a lot of their ideas, sharing a lot of this cost cutting uh, kind of strategy that's going on. I just don't think you can survive. I don't think you can thrive. I don't think you're going to get markets to be interested in teams if they don't play in their actual cities and stadiums. I think your product on TV suffers if you've got teams that don't play in their markets. Um, so, especially if you're moving those teams from their popular home markets. I mean, that's, that's and then given. and then eliminating teams here in this equation. No matter what wording you use, we're putting them on pause, doing all that. Oh, they'll be back later. We promise. Um, if you do that, you're going to alienate those fans from watching the league. Well, mm -hmm. Breaker, Breakers fan, Michael, you know what? Screw the USFL. I hate this stupid merger. Yep, why'd, you, yep. why'd you take away my team? Roughnecks fan, Michael, I'm not watching the league. You just took away my team. I like the Houston Roughnecks. So why'd you do that for? So um, so there, you're going to risk losing fans you just already kind of had. Uh, yep. They're committed to your product. So devil will be in the details. So this is the next one that's big that people have been wondering about. Are we talking more XFL style hubs or the USFL style hubs? So are we talking, we're going to stay in our hub market, play in our hub market, practice in our hub market, or are we talking more XFL where it's a hybrid system where we play in, in the same markets, but we practice in the, in different markets. And then we all kind of come together in, in a fruition of, of wonderfulness. I mean, <laughs> What do you think about that? What what are we I looking think, at? I think we're looking at a potentially here, you know, assuming that we're going full hub for 2024, if that's the case. I mean, they could say we're going to do this hub thing in 2024 and then in 2025, everybody's going in their markets kind of thing. But I think we get a little bit of a hybrid. Theoretically, mm -hmm. you could have a full training camp. Let's say they're, the merger takes place on field in 2024, which I'm still having a hard time believing. But let's just assume that it, that's the case, right? You could have a training camp with 12 or 14 teams all in Arlington, for example, and then you go out to your you go out to your cities once the season starts, and then you're in your hub. Birmingham's in their hub with whomever. Uh, you know, the St. Louis is in their hub with the defenders or whoever it is. So you could uh, whoever's in Canton, you could theoretically do it that way as the season goes on. That's that's what happens there to, to save on travel. You could have everybody in Arlington, all all the teams. And then, and then just everybody travels together. They practice during the week in Arlington, and then everybody travels together to their home sites for their games. Um, so that could be the case. I would figure if they're trying to save money that, um, you know, because a lot of the reason why they don't do like uh, mini camps and training facilities and people's teams setting up shop in their own cities, because the XFL kind of like they didn't put, they barely dipped their toes in the water in the markets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just we showed up. That. They just showed up for the games. I did. They did some local stuff, right? I'm not saying no. There was some local stuff along the way, but it's far and few between, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, far and few between. So yeah. it's not like the 2020 version where they were like in Seattle, had headquarters in there, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and again, like you could see a hybrid of the two. If we're going hubs, it's basically bottom line, it's all about saving money. Yeah. Um, so, but I think you hurt your product. 
No doubt. And and piss off some fans. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm crazy. I'm gonna watch. I'm crazy. Like I've done with all these. I watch every USFL game two to three times. That's how I do my write-ups on all USFL teams. That's how I do my recaps, my previews, all that. So I'm crazy. I'm gonna watch all these games no matter what. I watched TSL when they had no fans in the stands and they had to cut their season short because it was a COVID outbreak and everything else. So I mean, um, Brian Scott was MVP. So I, I like I'm into these leagues. I'm gonna watch it. I'm the diehard. But you casual fans, you're not, and then you're not gonna you know engender yourself. You're not gonna um, win over these markets that might have an interest in your leagues if you're not playing in their cities. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, once people hear this, this is gonna be big, and you know that. I mean, that's as you say for someone like you who's kind of watching from the outside. You're you're there for the support, but. I think of these super fans. Like I had Ball Hawk one on last week. It's like now we know St. Louis is probably St. Louis is not going anywhere. But, but is not for example, anywhere. if not, do you think he would support that market in DC? Probably not. Most likely not. Who's got that money to do that? Like who's, exactly. Who, who's you know? I know it's it's only five Battle Hawks home games. If you get into playoffs, it's six. But um, that's kind of how the setup is right now. But who's got money to go and park and travel, bring your kids, bring your family, do all this stuff, pay whatever it is, $11 for a hot dog. So for, for like a, whatever it is. So, I mean, nobody wants to do that. They'd rather watch the game at home. So maybe they'll check out the defenders at home if they're playing, say, the gamblers or something like that. But like nobody's going to, you know, they're not going to put the same energy towards it. So if it's convenient and it saves you money, okay, I understand. That's what a lot of these things are. That's why. These leagues are surviving because they're using this financial model. Let's all travel together. Let's do all do a hub. Let's cut corners, seasonal employees. Let's go bare yep. bones on marketing and promotion. Let's not spend money on advertising. These leagues are, are surviving because they're doing these things. But in terms of like thriving, and they're not going to do that unless they do the right things. And I think to me, doing the right thing is having these teams in their cities until they get to that point you're not a fully fledged football league if you're doing that i'm sorry you're no the generals don't matter the stars don't matter these teams they just do not matter they do not register casual fans turn on the games and they hear fake piped in crowd noise and the announcers talking about how great the action is and you look in the stands you see so no nobody in there so it's not you know it's just to me it's it's a it's penny wise business model pound foolish you know so the, we're having this merger right now or these merger talks nobody slammed the door in each other's face because uh neither side hit a home run and both sides don't see the light at the end of the tunnel so i hate to be doom doom and gloom guy but just the reality of it i know the i you know i talk to both sides i can play fan service here and say both leagues are the greatest and 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 uh it's the most amazing thing in the world and uh you know and all that and get a bunch of likes for saying it but you know, facts tell you otherwise ratings down attendance down uh head people in the league moose ripping on his own league not being able to have better ratings and attendance publicly so um why did we have fewer ratings in the xfl i don't understand we had 26 games on on network television they had six or seven or eight or whatever it was i don't understand so, well, I understand because your TV products and mm, the football's fine. The announcing is fine. It looks nice. It's very professional. Looking. Yeah. Oh, ooh, I love it. I'm a Joe Clack guy. I love him. So, um, love it. It's fine. 
but your TV product hurts because you have no game atmosphere. You don't have a genuine home and road thing. You don't you have you don't have fans that care about these teams and their individual markets. There are some fans, pockets of them, but not really. Um, nobody's walking around New Orleans all day talking about what the Breakers going to do next season. With- McLeod Bethel Thompson. No, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking yeah. about much different things. You know, I mean, it's like I saw the other day Mark Thompson, I think maybe, maybe it might have been yesterday, and uh, Jay Mar Smith were having like a Twitter war, like a social media war, like insulting each other and all that kind of stuff. And I know who they are. We know who they are. But I bet you, like, if a casual fan saw this, it, it looks like it's like two like fantasy league owners talking trash. <laughs> like, they have no clue who these guys are. These are like two dynasty league owners that are bragging about, you know, that they won. They started uh, Puka Nakua. So, so, um, so, like, to us, we know who they are. But they're like, there's the awareness is not really out there for these leagues. Like, you know, the general public, the casual. That's the key with these leagues. Like, a Redbird thought. They would have more notoriety because they got the rock involved and he's a big star. But just because you have the rock involved doesn't mean something's going to be a hit. See Black Adam. So um, that's kind of the story there. And so and the USFL thought, hey, we're coming back for a year two. We're promoting this league during the Super Bowl. This is free advertising. This is the greatest. The, we'll promote it during the entire NFL playoffs. We're going to keep promoting it for free. We got the networks. We can do it. We can do it. Ratings down. Can't crack a million viewers on, on network television. So, I mean, that. These are this is the bottom line. They were very disappointed. You know, the, the Kentucky Derby, that was a great move. The, the I think it was the Kentucky Derby, whatever it was, one of those horse racing things that everybody watches. That was an awesome lead-in. That ended up being the highest rated game for the USFL that season. But that was smart, brilliant strategy. Uh, but it didn't work out for anything else. So it was like, um, you know, I don't think the whole world was like clamoring for let's go watch Todd Haley coach again. So I mean, uh, that was that was kind of the story there, but so I, I don't see these leagues as failures. I think it's beautiful. I think evolution. This, yeah. I think this is football heaven that we got these two leagues for however long it lasts. And maybe it's going to be one league. I just question. I want to see how this one league is constructed. Makes sense. And in terms of staff changes, I know we talked about that a little bit. And I got a few questions on this, especially from my, my folks with uh, the XFL Insider podcast. Like, uh, basically, we're just wondering: Is there any staff changes that we should be worried about? And I mean, of course, if we ask teams, we're asking their staff. I mean, I'm sure a few may be hired back, but I mean, it probably means you're gone. And as well as seasonal, if you're seasonal and they merge, I mean, that probably means you're gone too, right? I mean, in my mind, yeah. Um, it's tough because that's why Russ Brandon you know, as he is addressing the troops, because now he's CEO and president. He was originally just president CEO. So he's a big figure in this whole thing. That's why he can't tell these people, you know, he's got to tell them it's status quo because he can't, he can't, because what if the merger doesn't go through? Exactly. Then you're, you're just moving forward with your eight teams. You figure it out. Roughnecks play at Rice and you throw the Vipers somewhere. I heard Arizona state was the front runner with the Vipers, but we'll see. Um, th- there might be a whole, if the merge thing goes through, we might have a whole different conglomeration here. So, um, but yes, as far as staff goes, yeah, there could be changes, you know, obviously whatever teams don't make it, they're not going to add on staff like the USFL. I mean, uh, to the XFL's credit, they try to have a fully fledged coaching staff with positional coaches and all that. But a lot of times in these leagues, what they do is they, uh, there's multitasking involved. Like I know with the generals covering them like five or six different coaches take on a different role in coordinating that special teams. One, one, one coach will handle the return game. One coach will handle the field goal block team. One coach handles the punting and the kicking. 
So they're like, you know, and meanwhile, that particular coach does a bunch of other things. And the XFL has that too. Ty Knott, who's a tremendous special teams coach. Seattle had the best special teams, I think, all in spring uh, football this past year. Um, he also coaches wide receivers. So he's coaching Jacor Pearson and stuff. So you got a lot of these coaches that they, they wear a lot of hats. Um, so they do a lot of things. So, um, yeah, they, I, I don't know of any specifics right now, but if, if there's an elimination of team, there's going to be elimination of jobs, like guys. And I don't th- see it being a situation where it's add on, where it's like, hey, hey, come on over, uh, just join our staff. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that either. No, I don't, That's I don't how business the, works typically. Yeah, I don't see the expansion of staffs, unfortunately. As much as I would like to see as many coaches as possible get opportunities, I don't see that coming. My question specifically from someone was Dr. Blevins. I mean, we made this huge, you know, media uproar about him being hired. And I mean, it is a good thing. I think it's a great thing. But I mean, if if his team's axed, most likely his position's axed as well. I mean, that's that's just the truth of the matter. Um, but the, yeah. I'd really like to see him on a team, regardless of where he ends up, just because of, of what he's done so far to get where he is. I mean, he gave up a job, right, to get where he's yeah. at now. Yeah, it was a, he had a standing NFL job. So he yeah. walked away. He walked away from the NFL. He wasn't on the verge of being fired or let go or his contract ran out. He left the job with the New York Giants. He was getting interviewed for special teams coordinator jobs around the league. And because this is an opportunity for him to be a head coach, it would be unfortunate if all of a sudden, you know, hopefully he'll land on his feet and all that. But this is what he wanted. He left yep. the NFL to be a head coach. So we'll see where the Vipers end up. It's, um, you know, whether they're still there. I don't they're not going to be in Vegas, whether they still exist in 2024. Um, so this is the tough business. I got to tell you, like this spring pro football stuff is a tough business. It is very costly, very expensive. I think Daniel Kaplan recently wrote a nice article about um, how people don't realize. I think I beat that point to death so many times how expensive pro football leagues are. People, people think of them as like minor leagues and they don't understand how costly they are. So I get this cost cutting stuff, but it's, um, it's, you know, that's why, you know, in case this merger doesn't go down, Russ Brandon can't inform anybody on the XFL side or Moose Johnson can't inform anybody on the USFL side, what the plans are, because you can't tell them, Hey, we're, here's what we're going to do. We're only going to have 12 teams. And then all of a sudden the merger doesn't go through and they're back, or you can't promise people. Yeah. You're going to be fine. You'll be with us. And then the merger happens and there's fewer teams. So, that's why a lot of the people are in the dark right now because they can't really, they can't tell them what's about to come. Maybe. Makes sense. I mean, total sense. You're going to have staff jumping ship real quick or, or really not having much respect for you as well. And in, in a position of management, once you start saying, Hey, things are changing, but we don't know how, but Hey, we're going to change this right now. It makes sense. Now, the next statement, I mean, I mean, the next piece, I know you probably don't have a, a concrete answer for, but I just wanted to see if you had a timeline for future updates. Do you know anything that we should be looking at? Because this is the questions I'm receiving. I mean, we had a comment right here from an individual, Justin Miller. Do we have a timeline for finalizing the merger yet? I'm sick of the talk and speculation. And, and I'm right there I'm with, with you. you. Justin. I'm with yep. you. Yep. I'm with you. I'm, I, feel, I would I rather feel cover it. Player interviews, news updates. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff I would rather cover personally. So, <laughs> Well, I think at some point this information, as closely guarded as it is, I think at some point we're going to hear details slowly start to leak. The way it works in these fields is very interesting. A lot of times the information you get is directly from the leagues itself. Like they'll say, okay, off the record, don't mention me, but here's what we got. Here's what 
what I've heard is proposed, what it's going to happen if this merger passes. Um, you know, like, for example, Jeff Zucker uh, is buying into front office sports and front office sports is one of the outlets that has had information about the XFL and the merger and all that. So if I, I if all of a sudden front office sports ends up having this story and the details, I will know exactly where that came from. They got, you know, because Zucker's high up on Redbird. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm tired of it too. Every day I'm digging. I don't want to curse on this show. A lot no, of you're fine. You can cuss. Yeah, no, no one knows shit. So, um, there's a, it's really, it's like I said, it's really the tippy top of it. And I think the details haven't been released because what if this doesn't go down? You know, how do you save face? Hey, you know, uh, I, you, but yeah, but you guys are bringing back the Vipers, but you were going to get rid of them, you know, that kind of thing. So, no, this is a yeah. mess. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, both leagues are operating under the assumption. And that's why I'm having a hard, like, uh, almost part of me thinks like they're better off doing something in 2025 than, than rushing into something right now. Agreed. Um, so, um, that's my, and like I said, fandom here fandom of this concept not individual teams i think what they should do and i don't know if it's too late for that if paperwork's already been filed and they're already pushing for whatever they want uh ideal world the the xfl still exists the usfl still exists you got a championship game they play at the same time you got a championship game at the end of the rainbow league versus league whatever whoever it ends up being battle hawk stallions probably stallions again and you'd have interconference games during the season yes yes and and then ideally, probably not realistic, 16 teams. They both play their league rules. They have a lot of similar league rules because they both barred from XFL 2020, the tier point conversions, everything else, timing rules, um, double forward pass. That's all XFL 2020 stuff. So <clears throat> you could still have your own league rules. Maybe when a uh, USFL team plays a road game, they got to deal with the, the kickoff and all that. Maybe they adopt the kickoff for both leagues. I know the NFL is really interested in the XFL kickoff. There's a lot of people that are – opponents of that kickoff i understand that don't like it at all i get it totally traditionalists don't like it but the xf uh the nfl's doesn't want to get rid of the kickoff and so it's all about safety it's not just the return ensuring that our touchbacks they want they want to get rid of the onside kick they want to get rid of the kickoff because that's where most injuries happen so they're looking for an alternative maybe they tweak the xfl one maybe they ask the xfl hey why don't you tweak it and try this instead and so maybe that happens along the way here but uh I that's a perfect world. I'd have all 16 teams. I'd have I'd have the both leagues going at the same time. I'd have interconference games and a league championship at the end of the run. And so that's you know, that's extending the season a little bit. That's maybe that's maybe and then depends when you do it, right? Because if you got 16 teams, all of a sudden you got eight games a week. All of us you got to figure out the schedule for that. Now you might not have just a 10 game schedule. Because now you've got 16 teams. If you're exactly. going to truly, if you're going to truly have interconference games, all of a sudden, let's say you start after the Super Bowl. Now your season might run till June. If you're starting in April, now your season might run till August, which kind of hurts players' chances of getting NFL opportunities. So that's a that's why the that's why the football side of this is important. Moose Johnson is a very, 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 very important figure. Of this the likelihood is that he would be the football head of the merged league. Um, He's the person with the most experience who's been a part of both leagues. He was part of the Alliance of American Football. Um, he has close relationships with the people in the XFL office, with Bob Stoops, obviously worked with him in the Renegades, with Rush Gilio. They worked together dating back to the AF with San Antonio and everything else, XFL in 2020. 
So Moose, because the league, Russ Brandon, with all due respect to him, he's been a president in the NFL and all that. He's not really a football guy, sort of, kind of, sort of. So Moose has experience in this field. So it's likely that he's he's the guy overseeing all the football decisions, which makes for an interesting, you know, where do you land with a lot of this stuff with the rules and everything else? So there's just so many layers to this. And yes, I'm tired of the damn rumors and speculation. I know you want me to come out here and just say, okay, here's what they're doing. Here's what I know. Boom, boom, boom. This, this is when the league starts. This is what they're doing. There's a, that's why I'm like, like if they've got it figured out business wise, I think they got to figure it out. They know how to do the model, but even that's complicated because how do you share profits? Who spends what? Um, again, so it's like, um, so there's just, it's very puzzling, this whole thing. And I, I don't know, I don't blame people. It's scary to think the regulatory approval process might be 30 to 60 days. Nobody wants to freaking hear that. Nobody wants to be 60 days here still talking about whether the Vipers, maybe they'll go in Ohio. So, um, you know, like crazy stuff like that. So um, anyhow, but um, that's where we stand at the moment. It's unfortunate, but it, it's until this gets approved. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's a given. Now, let me ask you this. In terms of the actual approval, they have to have a concrete, detailed business plan and everything worked out transaction-wise before they can actually take that for that approval, correct? There is no working after that. Once you do that and it's approved, that's what you're rectifying, correct? That's exactly right. That's why there's somebody in this legal field that knows a lot of the key details here. Besides the 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 Kevin LaForces, the Jerry Cardinals, all those guys, the Russ Brandons that knows the full details of this merger, I miss God, I miss God rest his soul, Josh Davis. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or ran yes, into sir, him. I did. Yeah, uh, Josh was very good at this legal stuff. So if he was he was a good resource for this stuff, he would uh, unearth documents. Um, so I kind of miss him in this space. So because maybe he would he would come up with something. I uh, trust me, I'm digging people. Everybody wants me to get a hold of it. Um, <laughs> I think you got to get an idea. I'm trying, I'm trying, but um, yeah, somewhere out there, Matthew, there's, there's, um, there's documentation that lists because you, you're looking for approval in a marketplace. Uh, you got to kind of give details. You can't write down on a piece of paper. We're going to merge. And is it cool? Yes. Or check. Yes or no. So um, you got to have some legal documentation that kind of outlines what the plans of the merged entity uh, entails. Yes, sir. Makes sense. I just wanted to clarify it on air. Uh, people will argue about anything at this point uh, online, so <laughs> I try to stay out of it, but just, just state the All facts. Good. You know? All good. The last thing I really have, Mike, and then we'll answer some fan questions if they got them. The TV, TV time. What are we looking at? Is, is it going to be mostly Fox, or is Disney going to be involved also if the merger takes place? I mean, what I'm thinking we're going to be looking at a lot of Fox primetime games um, in the companies within Fox, but truly, I don't know. What, what do you think? In a perfect world, you'd have all these partners in together. The XFL has a, a rights deal with uh, Disney through the 2027 season. So you would think that Redbird would see that as an asset. Now, working around this, how many teams you got in the league, how many games per week, uh, trying to figure out when when are you airing your games during the calendar. Those are key factors. You'd figure Fox here, NBC. Um, I know NBC's deal. There's some wor- there's some worry there, but you'd figure in a perfect world that all these big time networks would be involved here. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Airing games. So there, you know, I, I would if Fox was absorbing this thing, 
if Fox was like, okay, Redbird, you want to check out, we'll just take over. We want the Battlehawks, we want the defenders and all that, then we we would know clearly. But if if this is an equal merger, equal partnership, then both sides have assets in the game here, you know, so the Redbird has assets. Well, not only the trademarks and all that, but they have a contract with Disney, with ESPN, ABC. So, um, you yeah, the, the whole point of doing this is for uh, you want to have as much exposure as possible. You want to be able to promote Fox games on ABC. You want to be able to promote ABC games on Fox, uh, NBC, vice versa, all that. The more exposure, the better. That's one of the things that's killed a lot of the leagues that try to make it in this space. They didn't have exposure. They struggled. The United Football League was on like Mark Cuban's HD channel, whatever. And they were struggling, you know. So, so it's like um, they just they couldn't. They tried desperately to get a TV deal to get something going on. FXFL was was around. People barely remember that. The full. I remember that. Yeah, they they tried to get. They were on locally in some markets, you know. So, uh, you know, it was like it was tough for these leagues to get um, clearance. The Arena League had their boom when they were on NBC for a little while there. Um, during the whole post Kurt Warner era and all that, where uh, where the, the arena was kind of arena football is more trendy, and they got so it's key. The exposure is key. So if you got ABC, ESPN, Fox, NBC all promoting your league, that's only going to help. Um, oh, for sure. That's only going to help. So you would figure if this is a 50 50 partnership, I expect all those networks that I mentioned to be involved. Um, just a question of how many games you're going to have per week. If you've got a 14 team league, then you got to figure out seven games per week. Understood. Makes sense. That to me, the easier you make this to watch, the more successful you're going to be and the more fans are going to get to come over. Once we got to start signing into apps or, or accessing different premium channels that's when your numbers are dwindling and we saw that in xfl you know when they <clears throat> they played on abc exceptionally well ratings those days yeah uh, but others did not compare i mean some were bad compared to the abc so yeah, i'm surprised sometimes they even got like because they were the second highest rated show on fx the xfl was besides i think a show called snowfall um and they were second highest rated show on espn too but those numbers pale in comparison. If you're on FX or whatever, and you got like, I was surprised they had a game with the Battle Hawks that did 650,000 viewers. That's a for FX, that's a lot. Yeah, there were there was USFL games on Fox with the Generals and the Panthers that only had 600,000 viewers. So if you're doing mm -hmm. that on if you're doing 650 on FX, that's not halfway. That's halfway decent actually, all things considered. So um, anyhow, but yeah, the exposure is important where you're at, where you promote your games, all that. So I, I would assume if this is an equal partnership that you're going to see all the networks involved. Gotcha. That's the smartest way to do this for sure. If you want to be successful, no doubt. All right. I think we'll answer some fan questions. I don't have any on the, the burner waiting on me. Guys, you got any questions at home? Brad, I see you watching. Mike G, Michael Lathrop. All everyone on here, any questions before we roll off the air? Mike, I appreciate you coming on in the middle of the day. This was my first day show, so appreciate you being the first day show guest. Thanks. I was really excited about Pat being on. Uh, me too. Me too. Yeah, really, because I want people to like hear his voice in this space. He covers these leagues religiously, um, puts out a lot of content. And Pat Rafino is a very good follow for people out there. He covered the Battle Hawks, did a lot of great interviews. AJ McCarron, Anthony Beck. He's a Michigan He's Panthers a guy, loves the Panthers in the USFL. He's a huge advocate for the United States Football League. Uh, you know, his opinion on this is fascinating because, you know, um, 
there's some people that are not quite on board uh, with a merger that they'd, they'd rather the two leagues be separate and apart. Um, you know, you could say it's for six having 16 teams and they're having more teams and more jobs, but also there's some people on either side of the fence that doesn't, don't want to get married to the other side. They'd like their league the way it is. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they, you know, it would have been interesting to see Pat's take on a lot of this different stuff, maybe in the future with you there, Matthew. Yeah, definitely hope to get him on. I was excited too, because I've been wanting to talk to him hell since i started this thing kind of like you big goal there to talk it's to tough Pat. it's tough coming on here because couple uh, because i know there's a little bit of pressure for like hey you got mike mitchell on uh he's gonna drop a bombshell you know <laughs> bob stoops is taking over the stallions or whatever you know some, something like crazy like that you know like people expect like some major news and i'm just like a lot of you guys it's not that i'm not getting information it's the, um, the information i'm getting is not solid enough to run with and so I kind of like questioning myself or even even though everyone else reported it after I did that fewer teams, hubs, uh, potential new league name that encompasses both, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I kind of kicking myself and uh, for for even mentioning being the messenger, because I typically I don't come through with anything until I know it's 100 percent confirmed. And the people, the sources that gave me information were upset at me for not reporting it as solid 100% because I told them bluntly that I know that there's only an inner circle that truly knows the details for 100% unless I crack that wall. Um, well, maybe, but if, unless I crack that one, well, people are doing a lot of like uh, sleuth stuff, I guess, like they're, 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 from, they're trying to figure out if Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson are leaving because they're not getting responses on emails. Like those are the only emails Dwayne Johnson and Danny have. Um, so they're the only ones that exist. They still got their old 1994 Gmail account. I mean, if you're emailing them anyway, get the scoop. If you've got some connections with them, talk to them. That, those are the people, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and I do have the email addresses of these people, but like, it's like to expect a response. They know I'm in the room. Like I reach, I've reached out to Russ Brandon and all these people. They know I'm in the room, but like, I don't, I sometimes I just uh, send them a nice note. And I know fully that I'm not probably likely, likely, because sometimes they do, likely not going to get a response. Um, but um, to, I just find it funny. There are some passionate fans in this group. You know, I remember before the XFL came back, um, there were people telling me the Battlehawks weren't coming back. Mike, I talked to a guy at Foot Locker. Um, you know, we got to, let's just say rhymes with, uh, rhymes with skirty. Um, you know, there's, we've had, we've had some people, I talked to a guy full locker. They're definitely, everybody in the league is going to have black and white uniforms in the XFL in 2023. I remember that one. The full everybody locker. has player 54 uniforms. Yeah, everybody <laughs> player 54. Uh, so we got a little bit of that wrestling element with this fan base. There's some unique birds that, um, like, that go the conspiracy, uh, conspiracy route and come up with all kinds. Of, and I, and it's even people that I'm friendly with that sometimes I got to cringe government, uh, shut, government shutdowns. And I'm the uh, same. Maybe, maybe Nancy Pelosi is going to stop the Vipers. So hey, maybe um, she'll invest. Right. That's, that's what you yeah, want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's a unique, let me just say this space is very unique. Um, yes, sir. I but any, any, anybody who's passionate about this, you know, you got a lot of guys out there. A lot of people put in great works. Uh, Anthony Miller's yourself, obviously, Greg Parks, Mark Nelson, Mark Perry, uh, 
some of the people in the newsroom, uh, James Larson, all these guys, they really care about this stuff. They're very passionate about mm -hmm. it. We have a little bit of a fanboy element and a little mm -hmm. bit too much of fanaticism. But you take what you can get, you know, because these leagues need all the support they can get. So you take what you can get. So but um, that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of where we stand in this landscape. I find it's very unique and I think it's going to change a lot and be even more unique depending on what happens here. Agreed. Now, Brett, I seen your question and we kind of answered it earlier. I'm going to pull up Brett's question. Sure. Let's see. But, uh, hub, hub teams to play in their city. So we kind of talked about this in the USFL or XFL hub system setup. Um, Mike, you kind of said we're, we're probably looking at a hybrid. Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, like the the you definitely cut costs by having all the teams train together and practice together. So that could be a full season thing. Um, we saw that in the USFL in 2022 with, with them, everybody being in Birmingham. And then we obviously saw that with the XFL in 2023 with everybody being in Arlington. They went out to their individual. If you've got six hubs, right, or seven hubs, the short end of the stick teams are the teams that don't have their own home hub site. So St. Louis, obviously, they're going to – a hub. The whole idea of a hub is you share it with someone. So like, um, you know, like the Stallions sharing with somebody, The you know, Canton. You had two teams in the USFL in 2023, the Maulers and the Generals sharing that spot together. You know, Panthers sharing, all that. So if you're the short end of the stick team, you don't have a home site. You're just – you're hanging out with Birmingham and saying, hey, when you guys are not playing, we'll play here. Um you know, the, you're hanging out with the Battle Hawks and, you know, you're playing in their market. So um, I'm hoping that we it's just it's naive of me to think that these two leagues that always look to save money are all of a sudden going to put 16 teams in their markets. Um, especially considering how both of them are not making that money like they wanted to or had the, their ex, didn't meet their expectations for me to all of a sudden envision them all, uh, putting all 16 teams in their markets i just the hub the way the xfl had it they'll keep that sure like all the teams training together practicing together all that although some players complain about that the traveling back and forth the, the kind of awkwardness of it you're with your opponent on the same plane like ben Denucci is ha hanging out with jordan Tiamo or whatever before they have to play each other well, it's a little weird but um it saves a lot of money and flying out of Texas saves money. And so we'll see that. It's just a question of are we going to have a situation where there are hub teams that are, sh you know, sharing their site with another team that doesn't have a place to play? We'll see. We've still seen that in the last few years in the USFL. It got a little bit better in year two. Panthers having home games, showboats, somewhat of a neutral site we can. So, yeah. So basically, like everything else, we're just waiting for more info. We don't really know truly. Yeah, but it's very possible. I mean, Neil Stratton came out with the, the hub thing, and it's definitely something that I've heard um, as a possibility. And it's hard for me to believe they're going to have 16 teams. Um, Agreed. So I want it. but in, And if they're not doing that, then way to save money rather than having 14 teams where you got to pay rent for venues and everything else is to have uh, seven different hubs or six different hubs. It'd be cool if they had just – just playing sites that were, um, you know, middle ground or, or both teams had to travel to, to play in their home city. I don't know. It's, there's a lot that could change there, but yeah. man, it's a lot. Um, 
Another question. Will there be a redraft F merger? That's what the rumors are saying, but I don't know truly. What do you think? I don't like that. I don't like that idea because you've already you've already formed identities with these teams. Like so, like with these coaching staffs and teams, why why should Skip Holtz and uh, Zachary Potter have to all of a sudden uh, abandon their roster and start over? They've done they've done tremendous handiwork over there. Why should Von Hutchins, who's put together a great roster with the defenders, all of a sudden have to abandon his roster? I think if we do a mer- if we do a draft, which would be fun, if we do a draft, the XFL see that's the thing the XFL also has is they have great intel because they've run player showcases, they've had a combine, they've done things the USFL hasn't. So um, they that would be a fun draft for Zachary Potter and all these guys, the GMs on the USFL side, to be included in on the XFL side of thing, and then have a crack at a lot of these NFL training camp cuts. That are everybody be part of that pool, right? So, um, so I mean, a redraft? No, I, I think it's a bad idea. A redraft, uh, you know, unless you're starting completely fresh and there's no longer a DC Defenders team, there's no more longer a Battlehawks team, no longer Stein. These teams have already established themselves. A draft with all these teams, possibly. Time frame's important with this. How long does this damn regulatory approval take? You know, um, if you're playing a season in April. You could do a December or January draft. So if your training camp starts in March or something, you could, you could, you could do a draft with the entire league, however many teams it is, whether it's 14 or whatever, be a little different. Like the XFL with the February timeline kind of gets a jump on all those NFL training camp cuts. Yep. Cause a lot of those guys, you know, they want to start playing in February. They want to have that window where they can latch on NFL teams in May. And so they'll entertain the XFL side. Um, uh, going to that league first rather than waiting to play in April. So, uh, so anyhow, so yeah, redraft, no <clears throat> draft could be fun. Draft could be fun. Like these teams coming into the party, like uh, all going after the same pool of players instead of competing with each other for players like they've been doing, you know, trying to, trying to nudge people. Like we saw Victor Bolden resign with the Stallions. Yep. Um, it's interesting. He went to the XFL, got a championship ring. Uh, with Bob Stoops and all that, went some of his stallions, teammates were on that team as well as coaches. So, and now he goes back to everybody wants to play in Birmingham, you know. So, um, so anyhow, uh, they, uh, that could be fun. We need these details so badly to start to start getting in all that. Yes, sir. I I really believe you need the identity of these teams to be successful. If you want to keep your fans around, regardless, nobody wants to see a scraped new league again. You know, we we built whether you're USFL, XFL, whatever. You have built some kind of fandom there that you can't just wipe the slate clean. That's not going to work. It, it's they have personalities be... too, like the exactly. Defense. Greg Williams has a specific type of player he likes for his defense. So uh, Fred Kais, you know, with Kais over there with uh with the with the defenders, they have a specific style that they you know that they like specific big play receivers, RPO. Uh, play action, Jordan Te'amu. So they, you know, their their run game style with Abram Smith. They have a specific style. So now that we know what the Stallions look like, we know what Skip Holtz likes to do. So you want to see that develop. And then in the when you get into the draft, when you follow these teams, you know exactly what the Stallions need. You know the defenders could use some extra defensive backs. They had some trouble in the championship game. So that becomes part of the story of the draft, like who they're going to target. We know some teams like Orlando might come in looking at the quarterback position. They could 
they could be looking at a few other different spots, you know, to improve their defense, right? So uh, the identity is important. What the, you can't, that's why I don't like abandoning the USFL name. I don't like abandoning the XFL name because you've built up this identity. You're supposed to build upon it, not tear it down. Agreed. Agreed. Mike G said, Disper- disbursement draft, leave existing rosters of surviving teams alone. That's interesting. You know, and not impossible. Um, we got a whole new pool of players coming in. But if, like, let's just hypothetically speaking, let's say we get the Vipers roster, a lot of re- a lot of good players on that group, Jeff Bedettes and all that. Let's say the Roughnecks are out of it. Holy cow, a lot of good players on that roster too. Now you got to figure that figure out that group. And then uh, whatever USFL teams are out of the mix. So you might have a draft of those specific players. If there are four teams, you might have a draft. Put them in a pool. Let all the teams, you know, figure out how you want to do that. A draft order and everything else. And let all the teams pick from those players. Um, That's what I was talking about earlier when I spoke to a GM about how he thinks that these teams become more talented if you eliminate two to four of them. You you have... uh, a deeper, richer, stronger talent pool. It's not You're diluted. Correct. Yeah, so so that that could be interesting. I'm sure a lot of people will be fighting over adding Jeff Bedad or Peta or, or whomever. You know, so uh, so that's uh, that, that could be cool. I think if I, I just like believing that 2024 it's going to happen, I'm still having a hard time. With it. Yeah, it's already that, October. You know? I know that's the I know that's the plan, but um, but uh, you know, it's a, you, you got to get it moving. We got three months left of this year. That's crazy <laughs> well, to think it about. Goes by, it goes by fast, you know. So it's like, you know, it's uh, so they if they're doing an on-field merger in 2024, they got a lot of work to do, a lot of heavy lifting. All right, last question I got for you, Mike, and then we'll hop off. This one comes from Justin again. Any ideas when kickoff would be the April kickoff schedule makes going to a game in the South a sweaty mess, and I agree to that, no doubt. Yeah, we've had like for the attendance for these games, we've had every excuse in the book. And a lot of I don't want to say excuse because a lot of this is legitimate. But, you know, we get the you know, there's a new gas station opened up downtown. So that's why people didn't show up kind of thing. But yes, in the (laughs) in the South, boy, is it hot. I don't blame people for not wanting to like basically bake their kids in the stands, um, bring the little five year olds out there to get fried. Um, Yeah, it's weird. It's like strange. Like some people are opponents of playing in february and march because of how cold it is in the northeast weather and so so um i think scouts nfl teams players agents they prefer the february to may timeline because of better job opportunities to latch on in national football league and um the april to july it's not impossible but you do have that their drawbacks no matter how you can stretch it i think my opinion is if Fox has a lot of say so here in terms of scheduling, I, I think we're going to see an April to July league. Yep. Um, maybe they start a little bit earlier in April because they've been kind of starting in the middle of April, like April 15 ish, thereabouts. So April 10th, April 12th kind of thing. Maybe they start a little bit earlier because if you got more teams now, you got more games theoretically during the season. So, um, it's less than ideal, but April is a possibility, especially if we're talking about 2024. Yep. We're talking about 2024. April makes the most sense because it gives them more time. Exactly. Um, yeah. So if we're talking about 2025, we could see a post Super Bowl model uh, with both leagues. I hope so, but 
I don't know. What you said sounds correct. It's probably looking like a later start time, regardless of what we're we're thinking right now. I miss that February time though. It was nice. You still got like the winter it. weather. You get some of the warmer weather. It's a good little mix there. So I like it. I know a lot of people don't like it. They think people have football fatigue and they're not going to be interested in the league. They think you're going up against March Madness, and that's there's never a good time to do that. And so there's always excuses. Like I know when the USFL season started, a lot of people were like, well, now it's summertime and people are not home on the weekends on Saturday and Sundays. They're taking, you know, they have their one day off with their family or their friends and they're not going to just stay home and watch the Maulers and generals get it on in Ohio. So, um, so I know there's a lot of different reasons and excuses for a lot of this stuff, but I personally prefer um, February through uh, April or May. The Super Bowl has been pushed back so much now that that it, this runs towards middle of May now. May 13th, I think, was the XFL championship game. That's a preference for me. It also helps players latch on with NFL teams, at least get that opportunity. Sounds good. Mike, I think that's where we're going to leave it off. It's been an hour and a half. DeMarcus, I've seen your question, man. I, I want to talk about your topic. He wanted to talk about how playing in front of a hub crowd might affect free agency or player skill. Uh, down the road, and I think that's a good topic to cover. In, in that's a real good – you know, that's another thing that's not talked about enough. We talk about no home games, no road games, but also, like, we saw this during the 2020 season. Like, the 2020 NFL season, offense was up, scoring was up, all that was up. Big reason for it is now uh, quarterbacks didn't have to deal with crowd noise. They didn't have to deal with making adjustments to the line of scrimmage. There was no crowd noise. So uh, you didn't have that natural, and it's a breed. That's a testing ground. If you're if you got quarterbacks that are don't have to deal with crowd noise, don't have to deal with making adjustments and doing other, then then that's a non NFL experience. You're not or non college experience because in college you have to deal with the crowd noise and the atmosphere, crazy crowds, crazy crowds. So that's a very good point from a football aspect. I feel bad for guys who celebrate big plays in USFL. You know, you hear the yeah. On the fake, uh, but they go to the crowd and there's like nobody there to celebrate with or whatever. <laughs> makes you know? me sad. <laughs> it makes me sad for them, the poor guys. So, um, it is a factor in judging these players, especially quarterbacks, um, because they're not they're not having to deal with uh, the natural elements. Pressure, you know, pressure, 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 yeah, pressure, pressure situation, high pressure situation of a like. I hate to put it this way because it was part of the ad campaign, a real football game (laughs) oh that's trademark sir (laughs) yeah so a real football game you have to deal with that you know so um so that's kind of the story there (laughs) yeah i know i i almost he i can almost i don't frequent these places but i know that if they're listening if they care to listen the discords the reddits the message boards all that would they hear stuff like that they automatically get angry Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so anyway, but I mean I didn't I didn't I didn't start it with the real football stuff. You know, real footballs are played in front of like real fans, like real people. I cruise the the message boards myself, but post rarely if I think I'm a message I'm a message message board baby. So yeah. I like I, I started out in this whole thing because of XFLboard.com. Uh I was one of the guys who frequented and for a long time I frequented frequented uh that message board even when i was writing about the league and all that but i had to stop doing that because i started getting myself in trouble Mm. Um, because because when you get into conversations you can't help especially arguments you can't help but letting people know what you know like wait a minute pal you don't know what you're talking about here because x y and z coach told me this i have this specific dm from this player 
who told me such and such. You're tempted to let you know let people know what you know. So I'm a fan of these message boards in existence, but I I don't. People tell me all the time, like you know, I'm like demonized in certain uh, parts of the you know, like little communities that have like 41 people there. Um, <laughs> you know, so that I'm demonized as some kind of Jerry Cardinal's my uncle, so kind of thing or whatever. He's a <laughs> so, plug. He's an yeah. insider plug. Yeah, it's he's, not. He's a fan. He's a jerk because he doesn't admit that he's a fan of the Vipers or the Guardians. I was ripping on the. I got so much heat for being so mean to the Orlando Guardians during the, <laughs> the season. So anyhow, but maybe that maybe that's biased because I was upset about the New York Guardians not returning. But um. <laughs> Anyhow, I think it's a fun time. It's a fun topic, and get, people come up with good stuff. That I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the individual who just brought up the whole game atmosphere, players having to deal with crowd. Demarcus, noise. he's one of the contributors for the Marcus. That's the kind of thing that uh, that I love on message boards because smart guys like that, smart people like that, come up with stuff like that, and then you ah, agree. That's a good one. That's stuff that's an obvious thing that a lot of people don't bring up. Not the usual conspiracy theory, you know. Uh, Danny Garcia's email doesn't work. She's left the league. She's upset. Moose has fired her. Dwayne Johnson. Shots fired. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson punched Eric Shanks in the face. He's not going to be allowed on SmackDown anymore. So <laughs> it's a conspiracy, Mike. Leave it alone. <laughs> so, you know, what was the last conspiracy we had on here like a couple weeks ago? That kidnapping trial where, where the ladies claiming every celebrity in Hollywood just kidnapped her. I mean, you know, like I do, though, unless you have a, I don't know, you've got to ignore most of this crap coming out. I don't pay attention to it. I you got I, to. I, I, I know if you I have blinders. I know if I walked into one of these message boards or, or discords or reddits, my nature is I would try to befriend people and, and, uh, and try to understand their arguments and all that. But it would end up with me policing them and correcting people left and right. Yeah, you can't correct trolls. You can yeah, try, but you they're gonna try. troll it's you. It's a waste of time. It's yep. a waste of time. It's the that you know, so it's there's just so much misinformation out there. Oh my god. Yeah. And then and then there's tribalism, which I think is like funny that these leagues have that, that they have passionate pockets of fans that are like you wave the flag. For you know, for for that's cool. That's what these need because you really, in the grand scheme of football, these leagues, they mean a lot to the players and the coaches. But in the grand scheme, they're they're barely a blip on the radar. So the XFL and the USFL, when it comes to casual mainstream football fans, they're barely a blip on the radar. I'm sorry, and this is coming from somebody who's an advocate in these leagues. That's good. That you'll know when these leagues make it, will make it long term when that changes, when they're not just an afterthought or why are they still here or uh, who cares if they're merging. Now it's one less league to care about or notice or pay attention to. So there's there's a you know, there's a lot of that stuff. So any of the any of the discords or reddits or whatever that hate my guts for no reason with no proof or no validity or no, no, no receipts, nothing, zero zilch. Or crap on all my information, but uh, herald it if someone else says the same exact thing. Yeah, they um, just quote it, and it's yeah, just quote it. Yeah. It's like, oh, Mike Mitchell is making it up, and then the next individual that comes out and says, "Hey, new league name," uh, oh, what a brilliant stroke! <laughs> so, <laughs> what journalism? <laughs> so, um, I wonder where they got that from. So, um, uh, anyhow, 
So I, I thank you for you. having me on, Matthew. I'm like, I'm partially disappointed that I didn't have more to give you here. Hey, man, good productive conversation. Yeah. I, I don't get you on here to drop bombs and. and I'm hoping, like, I want, I want to come on here. Statement possible, you know. It, it's, because it's the, good we can have this conversation and the people who are listening to this or watching this or whatever they are the diest of the diehards you know Agreed. like they are they are re- they're clamoring for the, this information so i really like feel disappointed i'm not coming on here going sorry blevins is out he's going to the giants again or whatever so like i i wish i had that information for you guys i'm working on it i'm working on it and that's so, what um, matters. I mean, we appreciate what you do, man. I Me know what I'm show. telling you. I'm, I'm telling you all. The, yeah, I'm telling you all the information that I get from people within the leagues. There's messages right now that I'm like staring at to the left of my phone that I have from people within the league. Another one there. So, um, but I'm giving you information that I can best as I can without revealing actual people's names and all that. And I, the fun part about this story, or maybe the aggravating part of it, is that so many people that are in the leagues are not in the know. That's so, the worst um, part. That, that's yeah. So they're they're truly in the dark. That's their job. Whether you're they're, playing or working, I mean that that's your profession. You're probably concerned. Yeah. yeah. A lot of these assistants are very worried, especially the guys who are going to be laid off. A lot of these assistants on the XFL side, they're supposed to go through like this furlough process, file for unemployment, wait until you know they're back on the job before they they get notified about coming back on and it's kind of ridiculous that it can happen to special teams coordinators like um they're not protected in this it shouldn't happen to any coaches mind you but like the special teams coordinators don't get paid the same they get paid like a regular in the xfl they get paid like the standard assistant salary the offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators make more than the assistants um that's a tough one. I had so many coordinators like who've contacted me during these merger talks and said, Hey, is my contract cool? Are they going to change this? And I was like, no, no, you, you, you know, your own contract. Like you should be fine. <laughs> it's two years. Right. So merge or no merge. Um, you know, you should be good with that. So um, I just have a funny feeling, Matthew, and this will probably age poorly. I have a feeling this might not go down. Just something doesn't feel something's wrong and i don't know how that's saying going in denmark i don't know but something something feels something feels a slightly i'll probably be completely wrong and they have a fully detailed plan 14 teams and this that and the other and um but something feels like they they could and i think the fact that they put those cautionary statements out there the what the way it was worded makes me think that maybe they think there's a chance even the usfl their message to the players message to the coaches we're still moving on. We got everything planned for year three or we're season. We're still moving, pushing forward. We with Ori. We got the season. Even if this doesn't pass, we're ready to go. So we'll see. You know, intent to merger. You know, it's not quite merger. Intent is different, and uh, cautionary statements about approval is different too. So um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. The second sentence of the USFL statement. Subject to customary regulatory approvals and the transaction is consummated, the league will establish best-in-class operations based on the most recent seasons of both leagues. That can be taken a few different ways, in my opinion. It just depends on how you really want to look at it and what occurs. So, And yeah, the, tribalism, the, the tribalism that exists in this space uh, it also exists within the leagues. I've had people reach out to me on the USFL side that'll say, hey, Mike, our financial model is better. And then oh, you should follow us. Moose has got to run this whole thing. Get rid of that stupid XFL kickoff. 
And then I've got people reach out to me, XFL side, saying, oh, man, we had a better TV product than them. We have more fans at games. We made more money on merchandise and revenue. We have more football players, 68 of them in their sign with the NFL. They had 41. Um, we prove we're the better product. They need to get on our wagon. So there's – and follow what we do and follow our calendar and all that. So there's a little bit of that. Uh, I I look forward if there's a genuine merger that's a good one. I look forward to the possibility of like natural rivalry, like USFL champion versus XFL champion. It'd be awesome. You can still do the whole tribalism. Oh, the Steins are gonna kill the Battle Hawks. Wait till you see the USFL's better. We were five and three in conference play and in interconference games. Uh, we proved the USFL's a better league. So that's more fun if it's actually going on on the field. I don't mind that. Like like kind of trash talking rather that than the conspiracy stuff. So um, so yeah, so it, it should be it should be interesting where this all shakes out. Hopefully we get answer. I'm we're I'm working on it. Hopefully we get answers and information leak out before everything is completed. Well, Mike, I guess we're gonna wrap it. It's been an hour and thirty eight. So oh wait, it's always long. Sorry, it goes quick, man. I know me and you usually go two hours at least. So. I appreciate yeah. you again, dude. And I appreciate people listening to this, checking it out. Then thanks for again for having me on. I wish Pat was on with us, but maybe another time. Yes, sir. Me as well. And Mike, stay in touch, man. Anything you need, just let me know. If we need to have a quick run through, uh, quick stream, just let me know. We'll make it happen. All right. Thanks, bro. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Keep up. I the appreciate great work. you. I've got your information down there. I'll post it all for people to find easily. Uh, no need in staying it, saying it. I'll, I'll have it ready for everyone. So I appreciate Thank you, dude. Thank you. All right. Going to wrap it up. <clears throat> so this was the first 10 a.m. session I've had, and I enjoyed it. It was nice. I feel like we got a little different of a crew watching than the normal nighttime interactive crew. So cool with me. Uh, as always, thanks to the XFL and XFLboard.com. Appreciate you letting me cover the league. I enjoy it greatly, and I hope to continue doing it regardless of this merger or change. Um, we're going to expand got some things in the works right now as i've said numerous times i enjoy the full aspect of the alternative football leagues not just usfl xfl or it i mean there's a whole broad spectrum of stuff going on that we can keep up with but yeah i appreciate everyone listening watching today commenting if you have any feedback or you got any suggestions or requests just shoot me a message or xfl mike g either one we'll get it that way uh demarcus i've seen your stuff and i want to talk about that topic more but i want to wait till more details come out and we'll get somebody else on here that is an expert or close to you as close as possible to an expert to discuss all the the merger talks some more um mike's been on here for a while so but anyway appreciate you guys as always it's always fun it's always an adventure and we'll see you tomorrow night got nathan karsgens on he plays for the Slamball Slashers. They had a successful season last year. Or I guess this year it would be last season. Uh, but great guy. He's got some good things going. Former football player. He's still trying to play football. He's an athlete. So we'll have him on tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Central. So check that out. And the schedule should be released now. I may add some dates depending on what happens. You know, sometimes we'll just throw some stuff on there and, and get rolling with it if some news drops. So just stay updated. Appreciate you guys listening. Like always, we are small, but we are mighty here. We have a voice. So I appreciate you all again. Hope you have a great day and night. And we will see you next time. Peace out.